They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and joining me this evening, I've got Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson. Uh, and we're recording this the day after, well, it's Monday the 25th of April. On Sunday the 24th, Somerset managed to lose three games of cricket in one day. If you count the, the women's doubleheader uh, taunted against uh, Warwickshire or Birmingham Bears or whatever they're called. And the men slip into a three-wicket defeat in the county championship up at the Oval. Well, where do we start? I think listening to Jason Kerr's comments uh, in the post-match uh, interview you did with him, Gibbo, it was, well, we lost, but it wasn't quite as bad as the other two losses, so uh, things are kind of looking up. Well, Tom Abel did get 150. He did get 150. And, and he looked as if he was going to get 150. It looks as if he was going to get 150 Sorry, in the Anthony, second innings. He got 152 in the first innings. Well, all right. Oh, because <laughs> of the boundary. The yeah. nearest addition to the list, Sam Curran for, uh, and I'm going to call it cheating because it was cheating. There's no way you can have your body yep. on the rope like that. Well, I, back without knowing. I, I, got I, you called it, I called it at the time. You did? I was on, on commentary and said, that, that's four, and, and um, Mark Church agreed. But there you yeah. go. But he, he should have got, you know, he was on course for 150 in the second innings as well until he had a, a moment of brain fade. Um, and that precipitated yet another Somerset batting collapse. But um, Tom Abel returning to form is, was good. Tom Banton batted really well. Tom Lamanby was very unlucky again. He was, you know, looking good. Got a um, dodgy decision. Um, but, you know, and Surrey are a very strong side. So losing by three wickets to Surrey is not, you know, wouldn't have been the end of the world if it hadn't been the seventh in a row. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, what was, what, was, what was much more depressing was the news that Jason Kerr had about the fitness or otherwise of, of uh, pace attack. You know, with, uh, I don't know what the, what the medical report on Craig Overton is, but he was limping quite, quite badly. They said he, they were hoping it was a bruise. Lewis Gregory's back is is playing up again, and he could be out for a long time. And Josh Davy, I don't think he'll be available for um, for Thursday against Warwickshire, judging by what Jason Kerr said. So yeah, it was, yeah there was there were signs signs of improvement. I think um, Renshaw and Lamanby have established themselves as as you know the, at the opening partnership. Uh, Abel is you know ideal num number three. Banton uh, number four. Um, it, the question marks are over Hildreth and Davis, um, but I would I'd give the pair of them another another go, um, just to to show that they show their true class, if you like. But, but at the moment, you know, those two senior players aren't really doing it for Somerset, and and that's concerning. I think we can close the book for the Golden Apple of 2022 for brain fart of the year, or what were you thinking moment of the year? Not just for the way that Steve Davis got out in the first innings. But no, the way no. that he got out exactly the same way in the second innings. Because in my limited experience as a cricketer, well, so I'd say quite substantial experience as a very limited cricketer, 
the one thing you don't want to do is if you get out in a really stupid way playing an absolutely terrible shot one game you don't want to get out the, the same way in the very next game and they just tempted him outside off stump and he just said oh i'll have oh no i've done it again i've done it again so I don't think we're going to see a bigger brain fart than that in 2022. So congratulations, I don't know, because I thought, I thought Hildy getting out to the last ball of the 79th over was up there as well. Mm. Yeah. Chasing it. a wide one, just like Steve Davis. Yeah. Dan, you were what there up? yesterday, weren't you? I was. Lucky I, old I, Dan. I just want to ask the two of you, there seems to be a lot... Jason Kern made reference to it in his interview with Anthony, and then people have jumped on it. And I've seen even in County Cricket Matters blog or website today, people questioning Abel's captaincy yesterday. And I just really wanted to get, because I was, I was listening, because I was busy around the house, so I was listening to Anthony. And I didn't pick up from any of the three of you on comms that you thought the, the fielding, field placing was poor, because you were saying it's really difficult. You want to attack but not over attack um, exactly so what, what's the, your take on having been there that you think I thought Stevie said it was in, mid, in uh, not Middlesex Surrey's first innings where we let them get 30 too many yeah he did but then people have picked up that yesterday there was one guy I saw who said you can forget about Abel having any pretensions to be an England captain after the way he managed the team yesterday which I was like whoa I didn't is that was that a bit harsh, or was it? Were they off beat with the field placings? I think um, there were there were a couple of times when I thought well, we, you know, why have we only got one slip in? There were a couple of times I thought, well, maybe we've got one too many on the boundary here. There's a sort of a, I thought that a couple of times, but you know, as Ian just said, you know, it was about getting that balance between attack and defence, and you know, we did well at times to sort of contain them and. Um, and yeah, there were other times where, you know, we did have more, you know, more attacking fields, and um, you know that was how we got some of them out, you know, through the slips, that sort of thing. Um, I wouldn't say it was, you know, terrible, a terrible captaincy performance. No, um, nothing no. struck me as really obviously bad. Just sort of the odd thing where I thought, well, maybe we could, you know, bring that further up or put an extra slip in, but nothing too ridiculous, I don't think. I thought I thought after tea when uh, Sam Curran came out, all guns blazing, uh, and uh, Tom put a lot of fielders out on the boundary. I thought that was t that was too negative. We, you know, mm. we had we had to take wickets. They, they only needed uh, I don't know sixty or seventy runs by by that stage. Uh, and then uh, and by the time he brought the field back in for the last ten overs, it was too late. So you know, I I, yeah. I, I thought he should he should have. He, the field he set from the outset, you know, with two slips and a gully, uh, three or four saving one, a couple of men out, you know, a conventional field. That seemed to me to strike the right balance between attack, taking wickets and not giving runs away. And I think he should have stuck to that rather than responding to Sam Curran by putting putting men out, which meant that there were easy singles to, to be taken all, all over the ground. And, you know, when you've got um, Ben Folks and, and Sam Curran batting, uh, you they're just going to milk it if, if you're not you know you've got to get them out otherwise they'll, they'll just they'll just milk the runs so I, no I don't think I didn't think there was much wrong with his captaincy no he whipped Jack Leach out of the attack pretty quickly after tea on on the last day 
Uh, he did bring Renshaw on. I think he wanted a spinner on, but with the Leach turning the ball into Curran, he was able to use his feet um, yeah. in a, without yeah. any risk. But with Renshaw spinning the ball away from him, I know he's he's Matt Renshaw, he's not exactly Graham Swan, but <laughs> yeah, I think he wanted a, a spinner on and just that... Um, the uh, game had almost gone then, anyway. Yeah, it, it was, I mean... It was the last... You know, I thought that was fair enough. And and he did it, did it in consultation. Jack Leach and Tom Abel, between them, just, you know, made the decision to summon Renshaw from the boundary and, and the PA announcer said and, and some new Somerset bowler is Tom Banton. I thought, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I got really excited then. Yeah, top, top Perhaps he was going to do his impression stand. Perhaps he was going to do his, you know, we were going to get a Bob Willis and a couple of others. Yeah, for Tom Banton to have a bowl, it's 590-odd <laughs> plays, 478 for five, going into the final session of the last day for, for Bantz to have a bowl. Oh, where else did we lose that game then? I suppose it was that collapse of eight for, seven, collapse. Yeah, eight for yeah. 75 or whatever it was on that third evening. Especially as they were, they were pretty much down to the bare bones of bowling as well. And yeah. I was, I was just thinking if you know Anthony just said about milking it, you know, if Hildreth and two of Hildreth, Banton and Davis, they could have milked it for a half an hour, three quarters of an hour, then then you were into you know goodness, Rory Burns bowling his off breaks or <laughs> something because they really were down to the bare bones there, and that was that was. A, they say about cricket smarts, don't they? And I think it wasn't. It was the complete opposite of cricket smarts. But I'm I'm really concerned, and I've got a lot of stick because I don't want to jump on the. As Peter Trigo said to Anthony, I thought it was brilliant. Get the pitchforks; they'll be marching with the pitchforks. You know. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic! I've got to, got to come up with that into a blog post somewhere. And I've not done that because I am not a fan of any sports side just getting rid of the management, thinking it would be better. And but I was really disappointed yesterday. Then the comment there was no need to make the comment about it, it alluded to the captain, and it wasn't clear enough. And we all want Jason Kerr to be a bit more open with Anthony and, and say a little bit more and be a bit less cagey. But that that went from being uber cagey to a bit harsh. And I, you know, people who I respect a lot have been commenting on things today. You look at it and you think, yeah, I don't think I, I missed a beat there with what was said. And that, to me, worries me because it sounds like we might have a dressing room that's not as big a happy family as we were told at the start of the season. Well, I, I don't know. I, what, you mean, the, you mean in the, the 30 runs too many? Is, was that the comment you were Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't sense there's any, any rift at all between Jason Kerr and, and Tom Abel. Good. I hope um, you're right. I mean, I, I just thought you know, it might I, have been clarified a bit better. I asked. I asked him about the mood in the camp, and he said that you know the overall mood is good, but there are players in there who need to be thinking pretty hard about some of the decisions they've been making. We all know who those <laughs> those players are, and I thought that was. It wasn't quite an ultimatum, but it wasn't far off it. That no. uh, you know the likes of Hildreth and and and, and Davis. I've got, I've got to stand up and and show what they're made of, and not give it away, which is what Steve Davis did twice, and what James Hildreth arguably did twice as well. So I no, I don't, I don't, I don't sense any sort of criticism or any any rift between the management and the captain. 
he's I think everyone was just hugely relieved to see Tom Abel back in the runs and batting so beautifully as well he did it was almost faultless 150 not out in the yeah. first innings and what was it in the second innings 53 so yeah, yeah. 205 runs in the match for once out it's a pretty good return <laughs> oh let the two runs go Shep. Let I'm not letting it go go. go I'm not letting it go well international yeah. players shouldn't cheat should they they shouldn't cheat there's the title for the podcast thank and you that's, Anthony that's two, that's two games in a row mm-hmm. when we've had that the Alistair Cook yeah. action inverted commas to get rid of poor old Tom Lamanby who keeps being sawn off and when he's when he's I think you know he's batting really nicely at the moment his batting at the moment reminds me of that brilliant innings he played at Worcester a couple of years ago where he seems he seems to be much more organised at the start and more patient and he's sort of batting through the phases and I'm going to do a plug now and shame plug Julian Wyatt's written one of his columns for me today or gone up today and he says something really interesting in there that he believes that in four-day cricket, all you should be worrying about in the first innings or the first 70, 80 overs of the first innings is how many wickets are down. So his, he is very much about you just occupy the crease and bat time. God. Um, Next for very dull cricket, though. Uh, I think you've got to yeah, find yeah, balance. Maybe I've, not, maybe I've not explained it very well, Anthony, but basically what he's saying is, yes, you, you expect first-class players, if they occupy the crease, will score runs. But I think he's probably saying to be a bit more risk-averse, which is what Lamanby does. And he keeps, as you say, he keeps getting horrible yeah, decisions and bad luck. In the second innings, though, he was rather more fluent, I thought. And Tom Abel was more fluent in the second innings mm-hmm. as well. I mean, he got, he got his... 52 or whatever it was from about I can't exactly but 65 or 70 delivery something like that without taking any risks and you know cricket is an entertainment and um, you look you know we think think back to the 1980s and uh, you know and the sense of excitement when Ian Botham or Vivian Richards walked, walked to the wicket or you know or even Peter Denning or, or Brian Rose you know you were you were going to see some some stroke play some attacking cricket you're going to see the bowlers being taken on and that to me it, it is the sort of hallmark of Somerset cricket and I don't want us to lose that and and just shut up shop and and you know leave everything outside the off stump and settle for 70 for one at lunch on the on the first day having having won the toss that's, that's no, people People will turn away from county cricket if that's the sort of cricket that they're offered up. But I suppose what you also need to factor into that is you do need to recognise there are certain crucial periods of the game where you do not want to give it away, where you're looking at the bowlers and you're thinking, well, they've got... Um, Taylor's gone off and Curran... I don't know if how public it may was that he was only allowed to bowl, what, 15 or 20 overs in the game or whatever. So you think, right... They're a bowler down. We've got a, one or two bowlers down. We have got a real good chance now to nail a really solid position and make sure that we do not lose this game. And then one of your most experienced players plays an airy-fairy drive to a ball that was so wide he almost needed a fishing rod to get anything on it. And it just precipitates that collapse again. So it's just it's just about game smarts. It's just about being experienced enough to, to recognise that now is a period where we do not want to give it away. For example, when the second new ball is being taken, you know, when it's the first new ball, when you recognise, right, we just need to get another spell into these bowlers' legs. 
things like that and just being a bit more patient and thinking the time to play my shots will come in maybe half an hour's time and I just need to tick it along tick it along for a little while and then the odds are going to be in my favour and then I can start playing my shots rather than trying to be gung-ho from ball one um, I thought the way Tom, I, Tom I thought the way Tom Abel batted in the second innings was exactly right you know he, he was fluent he was looking to score runs he left left well but he wasn't prepared to allow the bowlers to dominate to dictate terms because if you allow bowlers to dictate terms they like nothing better the last thing any bowler wants is someone a batsman coming to take him on you know Vivian Richards used to intimidate bowlers they hated bowling to him and now we haven't got anyone like Viv Richards now but you know I'd be I'd be very I think Roland van der Merve will disagree with you there Anthony <laughs> but you know Tom, Tom Lamanby and Tom Banton are, you know have such a, a range of, of attacking shots and and we shouldn't tell them to you know to put all of that away and just leave and block and nerdle and nudge you know cricket is an cricket is an entertainment and I, I don't think we're very far away actually I don't think we're very far away I think it was a better performance um, and I, the irony is, you know, the problem has been the batting for the last seven innings. I'm much happier about the batting now, and all of a sudden, all of our bowlers have disappeared. Because so, if you look at the three games this season in isolation, Hampshire first game, we didn't have another player available who had played first-class cricket. That's how well, yeah. county championship cricket, I think, did that game that James Rue played for the England combined counties 11, might have been first-class, I don't know, but... We didn't have anybody else who played Championship cricket available to play. Essex was a bit of a dodgy pitch, and we nearly, nearly did it. We'd lost by one yep. wicket, and it was a hell of a game and a hell of a performance by Craig Overton. And then the recent game at the Oval, like you say, Surrey are very strong at home. They're, they're top of the Championship table. They're a side stacked with internationals. And we took it to the last session on the fourth day, and probably with another 35, 40 runs on the board, it would have been very, very interesting. Yes. But Quite. it's the fact that we've had those three games in a row, tack on the four that we lost at the end of the last year, and we are now sat here going, how the hell are we going to win a game of county championship cricket? <laughs> Play well. against Kent or North fans. Ooh, don't cut your chickens down. They... <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just saying that gives us the best chance. <laughs> Yeah, it's only yeah, what, North Ants, yeah, Kent, Gloucester and us that haven't won a game this season yet. But um, I, I just I was thinking about this just now. I just hope for the Warwickshire game starting on Thursday. They they take all the grass off the pitch. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and so it's, it's a really good batting track. And maybe on the fourth day it'll take a bit of spin. Yeah. Because, you know, it's... it's well, with that, we haven't hardly got a seam attack, but, you know, prob mm -hmm. probably... Um, so Jack Leach and Robert van der Merve, quite possibly. Mm -hmm. Chip, you'll get your you'll get your way. Got hundred today, didn't he? For the uh, for he the did. Yeah, he um, got sawn off as well. By all accounts, I, I have seen it. It's a bit difficult to make a judgment on the the replay from the live stream, but to me, it looked like he didn't uh, didn't get a glove on it. He he tried to play that sort of helicopter. Um, oh yeah, yeah, his trademark uh, shot. The um, oh, they had sort of helicopter uppercut, and it. The ball just sort of came into him, and he and he yeah. and he ducked, and um, yeah, it looked like he was sawn off. But yeah, hundred for roll off in the twos today. Uh, Casey Aldridge got a few runs as well. Eighty, yeah. 
AC odd, yeah, nothing much to speak of from uh, the likes of Goldsworthy, Bartlett, uh, Green and Smead. I don't think any of them got 50. I think Lewis got 30-odd, but that was yeah. pretty much it from those guys trying to force their way into contention. Uh, I quite, quite like the betting lineup we've got. I, I, I like the betting lineup we've got at the moment. I think they should be. Should I, be think, given I think six is too. Davis is too high at six, and I'm not just saying that because he's had a bad run of form. I just think we. I'd like to see him at six. Craig, uh, him at seven. Craig at eight in that side. Oh. That's that's me. And I know it's. So who are you going to bring in? in your... Goldsworthy. Yeah, probably. Well, I wouldn't have dropped Goldsworthy. You know that. I, I but he hasn't got any runs. Him. You know, no, no, I know, but he's he's I. Gregory I, at six, Goldsworthy at six to me. You know, no, I'd, if, I'd have Davis in there. Like the like... I mean, we do think Gregory is fit. I mean, if Gregory's fit, you know, or if you know if he's fit to play as a batsman, he he would come in. You know, I'd, I'd have yeah. him at seven. But I think you know. If we prepare a flat pitch with no grass on it that might turn towards the end of the game, I'd have Van der Mervin in there along, alongside Jack Leach. rather than uh, Casey Aldridge, I think, but, uh, because he he batted really well down at the Aegeus Bowl as well in the se- in the second innings. You know, it wasn't it wasn't ju- just that he happened to be not out at the end, but he, he batted very nicely. And I thought I was well. You know, let's let's not forget a couple of years ago he was the leading light of this. This bunch of Baker, yeah, absolutely right. Casey Aldridge, James Rue, Will Smead, even he was right up there, and I think he skipped the England under 19s if I remember correctly. And I think he's he maybe now is is coming through. You know, uh, I, one of the biggest positives for me was the way Banton batted. Oh yeah, yeah. you know he clearly has really worked hard, really worked hard. And you could you could see at times he was like bristling with his his normal game and was was holding back and I really admire him for that. And he I got think, he got sworn off in the first innings as well. He never hit that that that, that yeah. ball. It just it just moved more than the umpire was expecting. You can tell sometimes well, when it, they're when they're putting it on, just trying to make a show for the umpire, yeah. just see a bit of doubt. Yeah. But that wasn't his instant reaction. Was oh. Oh, and then just one of yeah, complete confusion and disappointment. So, well, J- Jason yeah. Kerr confirmed that as well. You know, there, there was there was no edge, so he was he was unlucky. He batted well in both innings. Yeah, I thought he did as well. Um, previously, when I've seen him in red ball cricket, he looks he looks very very um, fidgety when he starts, yeah. almost like he's reading himself back in. There was a period a couple of years ago where. Sort of maybe the first five or six overs he was in, he would play a four defensive, then he'd kind of twitch around and he'd point the bat back at the bowler, and he wasn't doing that very much. Yeah, he just looked no, a bit more calm, a bit more assured. Um, you know, knew that a bit more like a like a red ball cricketer. So yeah, he got uh, what was it fifty two in the second innings uh, for Bance, and yeah, sixteen not out in the first. Oh right. So as we try to arrest this. Or arrest this seven-match losing streak. We have the small match of the county champions, Warwickshire, making a visit to Taunton on Thursday. We've kind of alluded to who we think should be in the side. I'm with all the injury doubts and what's going on at the moment. I think it would be um, pretty futile to try and pick a side, but we're going to try and do it anyway. (laughs) Um, So I'm going top five the same. 
Gregory at six, Davis at seven. I'm going to take your point, Anthony, about preparing a nice, flat, grassless batsman's paradise. Uh, where I'm up to seven. Van der Merwe at eight. I'll play one. I don't know. I've got enough room for my seamers now, have I? No. Oh, the problem with that is if Gregory can't bowl and exactly. you yeah. Van and Leach, we, we've not got enough seam, have we? We haven't. I, I don't see. I, I wouldn't have Gregory if he can't bowl. I'd have Renshaw, Lamaby, Abel, Banton, Hildreth, Davis, Van der Merwe, Aldridge, Leach, Siddle, and Brooks. Okay, well, Davis at six, then Roloff at seven, and then Leach and whichever seam is a fit. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't think Davy will be fit, and I don't, I'd be surprised if if Craig will be fit. But if he does, if, if he is fit, then he'd come in for um, Brooks. I think. Just. A, I think yes. I'd prefer. I'd have Aldridge rather than Brooks. You reckon he got? Um, he was a little bit expensive, but he did pick up. Oh, he was, um, he, he was picked up six wickets in the match, over. but he was going at four and a half and over. So. Yeah. yeah. We might just give him time though. Wasn't he bowling quite well in pre-season? I mean, from what I saw, he was bowling pretty well then. He and was, yeah. It's his first game back and he did pick up, you know, as we said, you know, he was expensive, but did take, was it six wickets in the match? So, just wonder whether he'd serve another game. I don't know. He's a good bowler on his day, isn't he? Um, maybe we just need to give him a bit more time. But... I think time is the problem. <laughs> yeah, we've got to do something now. Yeah. Just quickly going back to the Surrey game, actually, one point I forgot to mention is... Um, just you guys being there at the ground, did you kind of work out why Siddle didn't bowl after tea? No. And he didn't seem uh, to bowl much sort of during the, the back end of that run I chase. Think, I think because they felt the, the, the game had gone and, and they didn't, he, he, he had done a lot of bowling at, at Peter Siddle. He was superb in, in the first Surrey innings. Uh, and I detected just a hint of a limp as well at one oh, once. Goodness! <laughs> and I don't, I don't think they wanted to. You know, I think he's all right. I mean, he's he is he's a lovely bloke, and and you know, he exudes fitness. If you see what I mean, yeah. when when you're up, when you're up close to him, you think, my God, this is you know, this is a fit fit bloke who could probably bowl all day. But he is thirty seven, and. Um, I think you know flogging him to death would, was not not the not the thing to do. You need to keep him fresh for for Thursday when he's going to have to carry the attack again. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we've yeah I've not heard anything today about the fitness or otherwise of no, not that I've seen. Yeah, it was Craig, Josh, and Lewis. Lewis was a stiff back, wasn't it? So it maybe yeah. But Jason, if you listen to Jason Kerr, he said he's having a. Um, examination today and if it goes if it's if the outcome is okay then that's great but if it's not okay he could be out long term yeah. which sounds like it's a it could be a recurrence of his hairline fracture and all that that was the most worrying thing that i heard yesterday mm. Oh. Mm. i feared the worst when i heard that mm. is there any <laughs> good news I've been listening to this quite a lot today. Alexa, yeah, I've got some good news here. Oh, I've got some good news. As I when I emailed you this morning, I got called delusional by a former Somerset and England over batsman. Oh, yeah. Nick Compton. Just got Nick Compton, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, 
I'm one of those very analytical people. And then I thought, no, I wrote that, and I actually—that's what I actually think. If you look at the talent in this squad at the moment, and I honestly can't remember. Yeah, you—you—I saw generational talents, you know, three, four of them in the seventies and eighties, and we've had Martin Crow and Jimmy Cook and Justin Langer and Trez and Hildy. Yeah, I get it, but as a squad. You know, you go back to the glory years, and once you got past number thirteen in the squad, fourteen, there wasn't, an, you know, there wasn't the depth that we've got now. Yeah, it's true. Um, and I'm, I'm, if Nick, if you don't listen, I'm going to tweet him or whatever the link to this. I'd really like him to come on, come and write something for me and say and explain to me. Um, but he made he made a very interesting comment to Phil. Um, and I've got a feeling he's very much looking to get into coaching, and because his comment was, "I'd really love to get involved." And mm-hmm. Whether you know, I'm putting two and two together and getting 267 here, but was he interested in the batting coach's job at Taunton? Well, I think we should give Lachlan, Lachlan Stevens a chance. Oh, no, I said, was he Anthony when they were looking to approach? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'm not saying that, you know, or. Just it just piqued my interest a he little. Really that was all. Coach, now has he? No. So just um, a bit, I can't imagine him as a particularly good coach. I mean, he's a bit distant and quite dismissive of lesser mortals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dismiss, yeah, yeah. Dismissive is dis- dismissive of lesser bloggers as well, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> So just well, here we go then. So I've actually got the uh, the eighty was it the eighty one or eighty two probably the eighty three squad uh, in a postcard up on my wall here. So that squad was Guard, Popplewell, Lloyd's, Ollis, Garner, Brian, Roebuck, Russum, Mark Davis, uh, your mate Anthony, Russell McCall, yeah. and then the Demon of Froome, Pete Denning. Derek Taylor, Viv Richards, Brian Rose, IT Botham, Vic Marks, Hallam Mosley, Phillips Slocum. Yeah. So well, I, I, I agree with haven't. Steve. No, but, but Steve's right. You know, you, you, you had 11, 12, 13 really top class players, and then, you know, the, the backups weren't great, frankly. But they didn't get so in, injured so often in those days either. No, that's so right. someone could play their first first choice team, you know. Game Colin after Dredge, game you'd, after you'd game. wind him up in Froome in mid-April and yeah. put him back oh, out to grass in September and he'd, he yeah. would just bowl and goodness knows how many overs people like him and Keith Jennings bowled during those years where, yeah. you know, the, the and the, the thing of it was they bowled, dr- bowled dry, God listen to me, they bowled tight, <laughs> they didn't concede much which meant that Garner, you know, batsmen couldn't get away against them and then Garner and both would come back on, and you know, I'd often I'd often leg it down after school and say Garner in his seconds it, pick up three or four wickets, and you know the opposition hadn't got that many in two sessions. If so he was bothered. They were, they were, he, was bothered. he was he wasn't he wasn't much of a workhorse in county cricket, Joel Garner. He liked the big no. occasion. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. That's why we never won the championship in those years. I suppose one thing you could say that about our squad compared to that squad, the current squad as opposed to that squad is, we haven't got those two world class players. Three, if you count, Joe. Yeah. I'm talking about yeah, yeah. The two of the, the all time greats in in Viv Richards and Ian Botham. Um, Vic Marts, obviously international spinner. Brian Rose, international. Uh, Peter Roebuck should have played for England. 
Um, who else have we got? Derek Taylor. Yeah, Derek Taylor. So we don't really have that done outside. I mean, bowlers would turn up to Taunton and be afraid of bowling to Ian Botham and Viv Richards. Are the Warwickshire guys going to be afraid? The Warwickshire bowlers going to be afraid of bowling to our batsmen on the coach down from Birmingham on Wednesday afternoon or, or Wednesday morning, whenever it is. No, they'll be licking their lips, I think. But they could yeah. be in for a you know nasty surprise. I, you know, I think Renshaw, Lambert, Abel, Banton, Hildreth, Davies, Van der Merv. That, that's not you know that's not a bad top seven. They've got to perform though. That's the thing. They just haven't been, haven't been yeah. performing. Have not been performing at all. I think the well, no, that's not true. Renshaw's got runs. He's got some runs. He hasn't oh, no, got I mean, many. Sort of collectively, Lamanby's yeah. looked good. Tom Abel got 150 and 200 in, in the match. Tom Banter's looking really good. Hildy, he got 87, Hill just got 87 and 54. Yeah, you know, Dave, it's Steve. Davis got 50 against Essex, but and Vandermeer's got 100 today. So you know, <laughs> they can do it. This it, what we need is for them, for four or five of them all to do it at the same time. Yeah. Instead of just one, two, or three. And that's what we collectively haven't been doing. Yeah. Right. Uh, I need, think we got. You need to. Sorry. I think we, we got Martin Anthony's teams out. Well. Should, we, should we quickly finish that bit off before we move on to whatever else we want to talk about? I don't know. Something a bit more cheerful. Nice drop of cider. This, this oh. is home. This is my own cider. Oh, your own. I've got. Uh, I've got one of the Thatcher's Rascal again. This is called Battlefield because it's made from apples grown in an orchard on the site of the Battle of Langport. The Battle of Langport. When was that? It was, it was uh, 1645. It was the last major battle of the Civil War. Oh. When Cromwell and Fairfax defeated the King's army in a very bloody encounter. So the uh, the soil in which this the trees that produced the apples that then produced the cider could very well contain the blood of Civil War soldiers. Blood of a roundhead. Yeah, or, or a, indeed a cavalier. That's yeah. all I remember about the Civil War. Oliver Cromwell, <laughs> roundheads, cavaliers, and... Well, Cromwell was there. There we go. Right, yes. Steve, uh, Steve, Dan, uh, Dan, do you want to give us your opinions on selection for, for Thursday? Um, yeah, I mean, I broadly agree with what we've said. Um, Lamaby and Renshaw to open um, for sure. Um, Able three, Banton four. Hildreth gets another game. Um, you know, after his fifty in the first innings, but you know he's got to try and convert these starts that he's made. Um, and the other guys have to as well. Renshaw and Lamaby. You know, hopefully Lamaby will get a bit more luck this time. We've got to be converting these starts. Um, and Davis needs to make some starts. You know, Davis has had a fifty. And then his second highest score, I think, is seven. Um, so I'm, I'm giving him another game, I think. Um, yeah. But time is running out. I think two more failures in this game. And I think we've, then we've got, obviously, a week off. By then, I suspect Rue may still have his A-levels, but will we be thinking about giving Banton the gloves, essentially, for that for the, for the game after um, the game after the, the, the week off? Um, then we could bring in Bartlett or Goldsworthy to, to sort of strengthen the batting. Um, so, yeah, Davis at six, and then assuming Gregory, Craig, and Davy are not fit, I think yeah, it has to be Roloff at seven. Um, hope, hopefully, we can produce a pitch which is relatively flat and is gonna 
turn later on. Obviously, the flatness will hopefully help our batters score score some runs because you know the a pitch like the a pitch like we produce against Essex, you know, it will just be the same again, won't it? We've yeah. got to produce something that will allow the batters to score some runs. Um, if that ends, if it ends up being a dead as a you know, dead as a dodo, the deck, and it's just a ball draw. That, to be honest, will be fine with me because at least we can get. You know, we've got to arrest this. I'll be dancing down the naked down the streets so. of Tournament if it was a ball draw, Dan. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anthony so. might chew his arm off though if he watched Dom Sibley back for a day and a half. Oh no, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too awful to contemplate. They're not the most attractive batting lineup in the world, Warwickshire. You know, there aren't there aren't many you, you who sort of get you salivating in anticipation of them walking out to the crease. And yet they're the county champions. So. I know they are. Yeah. Well, they're the county champions because we capitulated so abysmally against them on the last day at, at Edgbaston, last day of the season last year. Imagine how yeah. tough it is for someone who lives on the border of Cheshire and Lancashire. I, I, I dread to wear my Somerset tops out. The number of times people say to me, so what yeah. happened at Edgbaston last year? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Capitulation was the answer. Yeah. That, was, yeah. that was very, very poor. It's also the answer to what happened against Essex, Hampshire, Surrey, Lancashire, Nottinghamshire. No, we had, but we had a chance. We, had a, we, got, we got big runs on the board in the first innings against Warwickshire. We had a chance to win that game. We did. And then we and, capitulated. Yeah, well, that's, dear. That's uh, just about my worst day as a Somerset cricket commentator. And there have been quite a few over the last few. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there have There have been more good ones than bad ones, and there'll be plenty more well, good ones. I have ones noticed again. listening to the <laughs> listening to your sort of co-commentators. Oh, the sort of the sympathy is is gradually ramping up <laughs> as games go on, Anthony. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's poor old Ant. Come in, Ant. Let me give you a hug, Gibbo. Come on, it's not all that bad. <laughs> Yeah, oh. they're very generous. They're very kind. Who did you finish up with, Dan? Then just um... Um, yeah. So roll off at seven, um, and then it's probably going to have to be Aldridge, Siddle, Brooks, and Leach. I think yeah. to finish it off. Um, not that order. I think Aldridge probably eight, Siddle. Yeah. Sorry, Aldridge eight, Leach nine, oh, Siddle ten, Brooks eleven. It's not. It's not the best tale, but I think it's the best we can do really with Gregory and Craig missing. Yeah. Yeah. Agree with that. Are you agreeing, Steve? Uh, I've got Jake, Lib- Jake Libby opening. <laughs> yeah, go for that. <laughs> uh, I've got, I've Brian got Rose. I'm going to do. Lewis Goldsworthy's coming in at six and he's staying for the season. Um, <laughs> Davis, seven. Old- Overton's going to play. I'm, I'm always looking on the bright side here. Yeah. Overton's going to play. Um, Leach and Siddle, definitely. I would, I would like to go with Aldridge. I just worry that is he the third seamer in the county championship side and maybe, uh, I don't think it'll happen. I think they'll play Brooks instead of him. But, I think, you know, I think I, the ECB, I, I'm pretty I think confident the ECB one of... Peter, Gregory, uh, uh, the ECB mm, will say... Right. Mm. Yeah, I think just going back, that's what really screwed us in the Hampshire game is you yeah. had two of your developing fourth seamers, Old Ned Leonard and Casey Aldridge, basically playing as openers and first change and they're just not ready for that they just need to be integrated and, and bold at the right times oh, all doom and gloom then loving it 
<laughs> no, it's not doom and gloom. I don't. No, I it's can't not. Help it, actually. I, I think that's not, that's not a bad side. If we get the right sort of pitch, if you if you've got two two decent spin bowlers in in uh, Warwickshire haven't got much in the way of spin um, since Jason Patel uh, retired, um, and you know, I, I, if we win the toss and bat and bat long on a good pitch, then I think you know we we. Um, we ought to be able to avoid defeat, which is the, you know, the first. Uh, do, you, do you know the other the other thing about this run of seven defeats? What to me is perhaps most depressing about it is that we won the toss in six of those seven games. God, you know. And if you win the toss, you you can dictate terms. But having won the toss, you know, in six out of seven, we still lost the whole blooming lot. See, this I mean, is, is this is what I've been listening to all day. Alexa, resume. Don't know if you can hear this. Alexa, restart. Hold on. Oh, it's gone quiet now. No, Alexa, off. Never mind. It was at the sound of silence by Simon and Garfunkel. That didn't work. This is opening lyrics. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Darkest hours before the dawn. Well, that is true. Is this one of those long Scandinavian nights where it goes dark for about six months? You have a six-month night and then a six-month day. So, hopefully, six months of. Doom and gloom will not be upon us any longer. Right, so we pop over to uh, our correspondence on Twitter. Uh, let's have a look then. Um, first question today popped in from... Oh, we've got quite a few conversations here going on uh, about the seconds and various other matters. Who was first in? John Hayes. Well, Thoughts on where you all stand after the defeat? For me, it was yet another batting collapse, possibly with mitigating circumstances of batting under lights. And actually, the first session's bowling on day four cost us. So we're 44 for none after 11. So John did put a little poll up on Twitter. Have you seen improvement was the question. The options were definitely yes, no, and we've gone backwards. Uh, so definitely was 12%, yes was 30%, no was 35%, and we've gone backwards was 23%. Not quite sure we've gone backwards. That's quite That's negatively skewed, skewed that, isn't it? We have got quite a negative social media fan base, Steve. I'm not sure if you've <laughs> noticed. There's a couple of characters who I won't name who seem to keep popping up uh, more often than not. But I think what I said before, if you look at all those the three games we've had this season in isolation, there's kind of mitigations for all of them. But put them together and it it's not looking good i think we have got better but not good yeah, enough but we, we're, we're still prone to that batting collapse which could end up costing us a game undoubtedly we were better in this game than previous two games because we were on top for parts of it weren't we really and we were never really on top in either of the previous two games you know we first couple of days were fine weren't they for us you know we we did well you know we couldn't say that at all about the previous two games so we've, it was certainly an improvement although yeah, if if <laughs> the last seven games are certainly a backward step from the previous few years. Yeah, yeah, it's just the bowlers haven't dug us out the hole that they have done for the last couple of seasons. No, they haven't. I'm not blaming them because it's not it's not Lewis Gregory and Craig Overton and Jack Leach's job to uh, to score the runs. It's the batters' jobs. Um, I think what you said earlier, Ian's right. It's those sliding doors moments because I was thinking back to Lords last year, where we we lost that game on two or three occasions, 
and then had that really good run chase. I think we chased two fifty odd from memory on the final day. Two eighty, wasn't it? You know, and you look at that. You imagine we'd have lost that game, which we really should have done. We did our best. You know, just. Yeah, well, we you were, wonder, you know, you we were 80, 87 for nine in the first yeah. innings. Yeah, and Leach and, and then, Delanger. And then Leach and, and, Van, and um, March and Delanger put on 80 odd. Yeah, they, I think they, they were just shy and, and of the score. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then Surrey were, were 200 and best part of 50 ahead with just two wickets down in their second innings. And it looked as completely gone. And we came right back. Bowled them out and knocked off the runs. That's the sunset that we like to see, and we'll see again. Don't you worry. We're just not, yeah, but we just. I tell, I tell you, I tell you one thing that does worry me is that the fact that we've made such a poor start to the season is going to be very difficult at the end of the season to redeem that if Craig Overton and Jack Leach are with England. And you know, Matt Renshaw and happened. Peter Siddle are back in Australia. And exactly. And Siddle and Renshaw are back, back, back in Australia. So, you know, in terms of our status in Division 1, uh, we've got to start winning some matches. You know, we need, to, we need to be winning them in this first run of seven, not leave it until the, you know, the last month of the season, because that could very well be when we're at our weakest. And even if we sign, you know, the likes of Azhar Ali, <coughs> as happened last year, he didn't score any. He didn't score any runs, and and um, what's his name, VJ, the, oh, the season God. season before. I've forgotten about you know. that. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's not I, I have a sneaking suspicion that Devon Conway might hang around and be available later in the season. Oh please! Well, I just wonder if that's part of the plan. Was that me being glass half full again, thinking of that? But it would be good if he was. It'd be absolutely incredible if he was. Yeah. Uh, what else do we do? David Wyatt uh, has a, got a big question. It's spanned two tweets. For the next few rounds, we need to play our strongest side in an attempt to, one, pull away from the relegation zone, in brackets, Kent, Northampton, and Gloucester. Two, maybe get back in the title race. I admire your optimism, David. I think as regards <laughs> batting, we need to go with a lineup versus Surrey, possibly an extra bat. I'm not sure we can play 12, David, but um, I presume you're meaning uh, try and replace play or fit an extra batsman in the side if towards the end of the season in a mid-table position we should then give some of the youngsters a chance I remain positive unless we have serious injury issues with our bowlers anxiously waiting for an update on Gregory Overton and Davey aren't we all yeah I don't think we can argue with anything that, that I David, agree with David I, said there I agree with all of that yeah, quite right uh Tim Knight although very disappointing I can see some possible cause for hope we can turn this round However, a friend, in brackets, yes, honestly, not me, is insistent that Hurry and Kerr should be shown the door. What are your views on this? Oh. Well, Jason Kerr's just signed a, a new two-year contract in the last um, few weeks. The only point I would make on this is sometimes you can be in a job for a little bit too long and your voice just ends up becoming background noise and I'm just going to leave that point there to to, <laughs> to marinate all, in the air of the podcast all I would say is all I would say is if if, um, uh, if a Premier League football club had the recent record that um, Somerset have had in, in cricket there would be votes of confidence in the manager mm -hmm. <laughs> and not in a good way 
No, I mean, but but being seriously, so I mean, I love Jason Kerr, love Andy Hurry. They're both great coaches, great directors of cricket. Andy Hurry's story is an absolutely fantastic one with all the stuff that he's been around the world and done. But you know, you can. I don't. I don't think stale is the right word, but that that sort of thing. You can just become almost part of the furniture. And sometimes things just do naturally need a bit of a shake up. And whether that's the coaches reinventing themselves, I don't themselves. think we've reached that. We haven't reached that stage yet. I, I, I think that's 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 premature. That's you know, rather as with you know with some of the players, we. Jason Kerr and Andy Hurry have got a fantastic track record. You know, Somerset's oh, record. Oh, absolutely. You know, when they've been in charge, is the best. It's consistently the best it's been in the club's history. Um, I think you know the time to, time to look at all of that is at the end of the season, not not to you know be um, yeah. Yeah, very unusual to sack a coach now, wouldn't it? For for cricket, I think probably it's be unprecedented. I'd have thought. Changed. Well, the one I remember is Chris Adams, sorry, in twenty thirteen or so. Chris Adams was sacked by Surrey mid-season, but that's literally the only one I remember. And there's normally something else going on behind the scenes. There's normally a, a you know somebody's at a bar yeah. with somebody, and it, it is completely untenable for that coach to stay. Hmm. So let's say we did sack Kurt, Jason Coe. Would you have as head coach? <laughs> Justin Langer, yeah, Gary Kirsten. Justin Langer, I go for him. I think so. I think so. Looking at the interest that England have kind of shown with him, is we're kind of at the same stage that the England Test team are now. We we can't really put runs on the board without our two best bowlers. We're not really a, a force to be reckoned with. So yeah, somebody like Justin Langer just to. Uh, to bring it back for, but I do have confidence in in these two guys to to turn the ship around because they they're like the rest of the team, like you know, Tom Abel, Craig Over, and they'll bleed maroon, black, and white of Somerset. And, yep. and you know, I I've no doubt that they are sat there absolutely hurting ten times more than we are about this this recent run of form and doing their damnedest to, to put it right, but. I will just circle back to to my original point about you can become, you can stay in places sometimes a little bit too long, and your voice does just become background noise. Uh, Giles Harrison, who sounds like he should be the chairman of the <laughs> ECB, for the ECB. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Giles Clark, Tom yeah. Harrison. Uh, it says we've just been beaten on our overseas is now ex-player Jamie Overton's bunny. I think that's a bit harsh, yeah. Giles. Why do we let such good players leave the club if it's actually serious about winning the championship? Well, don't think well it, was Jamie's, it was Jamie who decided to leave. We didn't want to get rid of him. No. You know, he, he, he wanted to open the bowling and bat at number six and reckon he had a better chance of doing that at Surrey than he did with Somerset. We want to have that panned out. <laughs> it sort of takes two to tango He's in those situations, though, doesn't it? You know, yeah. you... you <laughs> You know, least of all an Overton. You're not going to lock him in the dressing room over the winter and say you can't go anywhere. You can't. Yeah. It's actually worse to have a player who doesn't want to be there in the dressing room. Absolutely. And I, I hate it. I absolutely hate. And you said, Anthony, on commentary, when you say Jamie Overton comes into bowl, I'm come, come on, Jamie, come on. My brain will never change <laughs> from that. You know, it's like yeah. I remember when Peter Trigo went for Kent for a season or so. And saw him play against Kent. It absolutely broke. Probably against Somerset breaks your heart. And 
But it will happen, unfortunately. I, I just hope that Jamie comes back in a couple of years, you know. Yeah. Just, but, you know, he's a, he's a man in his own right. He's got you know, fantastic parents who brought him up the right way. And he wants to have every chance to achieve the best in his career. And you can't stand in his way. And there will be the likes of a Sonny Baker or a Ned Leonard or a Will Smead. You know, it's the way cricket is going as well now. We are not going to, you know, hold on. The big attraction is, Anthony was saying to Mark Church about, oh, you just go out and sign a bowler, you know, because Kemar Roach is injured. But, you know, how many, I think we said it at the time, how many of us, if our employers offered a significantly more and said we get a nice shiny new car and a laptop and an office all to ourselves would go no no you're fine I, I love working here so much I'll stay it's it's really hard but you know it, it just it just is a mental adjustment I can't make I'm afraid and I, I never will I think the the other point is that Jamie Overton is a much improved bowler from what I've seen this season as compared with last you know when and when he left Somerset he you know he, he, he honestly wasn't making... All right, he got 120 against Warwickshire. That was a fantastic innings uh, in, in 2020. But he wasn't making much of an impression with the ball. I, I mean, you know, when was the um, the um, final finals day when, you know, the guy from Sussex... Uh, Sussex, Luke Wright, took him... Luke took him Wright, heading him, heading him into the uh, Eric Holly stand, you know... But uh, but I'm you know for Jamie I'm absolutely delighted. It was great to see him fit and firing and really I mean the ball he he, he bowled Renshaw with was, was you know was the ball of the season. Absolutely and, you know hit him on the hit him on the helmet. <laughs> then two balls later, ninety mile an hour in swinging Yorker cure. We didn't really uh, Overton versus uh, Over didn't really live up to all of our hype. Did no, it? It, they, they, they were very <laughs> professional. They were, they, were. they were they studiously avoided making <laughs> eye contact. You know, I think that it was probably funny. burst out laughing if they had to be honest. It was yeah, quite surreal. Yeah. There was the little the little attempted flick onto the stumps, which Craig didn't quite make the proper connection with, and ended up sort of ballooning onto Jamie's chest. But apart from that, <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, hit him in the chest. <laughs> apart from that, it was all pretty pretty sedate stuff. Yeah. I thought, yeah, you're right. Jamie was much improved. I did think he he looked like he was trying too hard a bit first innings. He was there was a few leg stump half follies. I think he went about five and over first innings, but second innings yeah, he, he was, rolled a lot better. He was quick though. You know, this was he, he was. Um, we had the speed gun up there, and and Jamie was the by quite a long way the quickest. I think his, his fastest delivery was 89 miles an hour. Craig was sort of in the low 80s. Uh, Josh Davey sort of mid seventies, um, which was a bit, bit disappointing. And um, Reese Topley, round about sort of low low eighties, about the same as, as as Craig, something like that. I think yeah, Josh but, didn't uh, quite look at his sharpest, did he? He was. He well, just I'm like not sure. Was, I'm not sure how fit he is. Yeah. Still. Yeah, but Peter Siddle was just brilliant in that in that first innings. Really, really was. I mean, ball after ball after ball. And he gets six for fifty one. You know, yeah. on a pretty flat pitch against against a you know very very strong batting line. Great performance. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Robert Blackwell Davis out. Oh, Banton keeps wicket. Aldridge in if Gregory isn't fit. If the wicket isn't going to isn't isn't going to take much spin. Roll off in for Jack. Then play another no. batsman. 
No. Only if it's really not going to spin. Like, you know, against Essex, obviously, Jack didn't bowl. So if it's going to be like that again, then maybe then bring him roller. But it's, it's risky. We can't afford to produce a pitch like that, though. No, I don't think we will, no. no. Saying, yeah, I mean, the, the, and the weather, it's been, you know, we've hardly had any rain at all here in, in Somerset uh, for weeks. So there's no reason lovely, why the ground's dry. Why, yeah, why you shouldn't. Scott Hawkins shouldn't produce a nice dry flat pitch. Yeah. Can't see why not. Right, no that's, that's it from our correspondence. Um, what else have we got to have? Um, uh, Somerset Women played that double header on Sunday, didn't they, Down They lost both games. They did, yeah. Um, so let's quickly run through it. Warwickshire got 171 for five in the first game. Eve Jones scored 93. Uh, Somerset were 122 all out. Uh, Sophie Luff was the only one who scored any runs. Uh, game two, Warwickshire were at one point. They were 33 for seven, but managed to recover to 101 for eight. Um, the wickets for Neve Holland and Emily Edgecombe took three each. Unfortunately, Somerset were then 75 all out. Um, Emily Edgecombe top scored with 20. Um, so, yeah. A bit, a bit disappointing, obviously, but Warwickshire are a good side. I think Warwickshire on paper are a better side than Somerset, and Somerset were missing Nicole Harvey as well. Um, but yeah, good, it's just great to see Somerset women playing at the county ground. Um, first time they've done that in a T20, first time in any format for a few years. Um, I'm not sure how many fans went, but I mean, it was also streamed as well. So yeah, I think there was hopefully some good engagement from the fans yesterday. I mean, it's probably unlucky, really, that it was the same day as the Surrey game, so that perhaps, you know, if it was on a day when Somerset men weren't playing, there would have been a bit more um, attention paid to it by, you know, by Somerset fans. Um, the fact that the Surrey game was the same day probably didn't help the you know, number yeah, of fans. A few, a few would have been glued to the stream that were maybe 50-50 about popping into the ground to watch would have been... Uh, yeah. ...like me, stuck at home watching the live stream. Um I but there is, I'll just mention though, um, there is, Somerset women are playing at home again, uh, so it's at Taunton Vale on uh, Bank Holiday, so it's next Monday, Bank Holiday Monday, so um, that's another chance for people to go and see them play, and obviously this time it doesn't clash with Somerset men, so uh, good good chance to go and see them. Yeah, good stuff. I did uh, I did watch a bit of it. Um, I can't understand why they don't wear the same kit as, as, the, as the fellas. I thought that, yeah. I think I kind of. Yeah, I was surprised. I saw that. that, Yeah, they've got that kind of almost sort of. It's got kind of a clubbish look to it. That kit, isn't it? Mm. There's no no reason why they couldn't wear the the, yeah the the same T20 shirt as the guys. Agreed. Trade Nation will get even more exposure. (laughs) (laughs) Which which I think we can all agree would not be a bad thing. Right. Unless (laughs) we've got anything else pressing, should we not get on here for another week? Yep. Thank you, guys. Cheers, guys. Um, yeah, on, onwards uh, and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Yeah, yep. I'll be uh, work permitting. I'll be popping up for a bit on uh, on Thursday. Dan, you're actually living in Birmingham now, so your loyalty's kind of split between uh, Somerset <laughs> and Warwickshire for Thursday. Or absolutely not. <laughs> no way. <laughs> um, yeah, I will be. I'll be hopefully down on Saturday and Sunday to see days three and four, assuming it gets there. So um, yeah, can't wait. All right. Good. Catch up, you guys who can uh, who can make it there on the ground, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, catch up, you guys. Oh, should we do one next week? Because we got have we, is it a blank week next week? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we can still we can reflect on on the win over over Warwickshire. We can reflect on our either ten wicket or innings and six hundred win against Warwickshire. 
Well, don't forget, we would have beaten them comfortably back in 2020 if it hadn't been for the rain, yeah. and that was at their place. Yeah. That's true. Oh, yeah, that was the uh, the flooded outfield, wasn't it? That's right. And it was flooded as well. They couldn't have played. But, but cautiously optimistic. We would have beaten them last optimistic. September as well if we hadn't had, another, had a, uh, a Somerset uh, trademark batting collapse. But that's not going to happen. We've got... I feel this has been very good therapy for me tonight. Thank you, everyone. I'll send you the bill, Steve. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Thanks, Jim. Cheers, everyone. Thanks. Catch up with you next Cheers, week. Thanks, everyone. See you Bye. later. Bye. Bye.